Hi, I'm Simon Theakston, and welcome to the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. The way the global obsession with the crime genre continues to grow year on year is simply astonishing, and this year's long list proves the remarkable talent on offer in crime writing from legends of the craft to eager-eyed newcomers. The short list is already too close to call, so we encourage everyone to get voting. A hearty toast of Old Peculiar to all our long-listed authors for this coveted award and we look forward to what we know will be a fiercely fought competition. In the meantime, I'm going to have a glass of Old Peculiar, because they say an Old Peculiar and a crime novel go very well together. I'll tell you why if you come to the festival in July. Good health. Hello, I'm Joe Haddow, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award longlistees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with title sponsor Theakston's Old Peculiar. And today I'm joined by former journalist and debut novelist Anna Bailey. Hello, welcome, Anna. Hi, it's so nice to be here in my living room. <laughs> and it's lovely to see you in my living room as well um <laughs> where do we find you how do we find you uh i am in bordeaux in france where i live oh i know, I know. <laughs> the is do. amazing <laughs> <laughs> um i tell you what i've got a real soft spot for bordeaux it is just one of the most wonderful cities and mm. uh, me and my wife discovered uh, the wine council have you ever have you ever been there I haven't actually I I arrived here at the start of the pandemic because I moved here to live with my partner and so everything's been closed for such a long time I haven't really done any of the tourist stuff here at all no you weren't you haven't got to properly experience it yet obviously, mm. obviously. yeah right well when you when when you can uh, we strongly suggest the Wine Council because okay. it, they basically get, I mean, th- this is meant to be a chat about crime books and it is, <laughs> but I, I just want to say that the the um, the wine that you get there from all the various producers is superb and very cheap. So nice. that's my tip nice. to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but enough about wine. Uh, congratulations on being long-listed. Um, your book is Tall Bones. Uh, why don't you start by telling us about Whistling Ridge and just set up this story for us. So Tall Bones is, is my debut novel. And I used to live in the woods in Colorado where I collected antlers and animal skulls and a bear once stole my hummingbird feeder. And all of this really set me on a path to write this book, which takes place in a small, very isolated town in the Rocky Mountains, where a young girl, Abigail Blake, walks into the forest and is never seen again. And her best friend is so desperate to find out what happened to her. But as she uncovers more about Abigail's disappearance, she unearths all of these secrets about their hometown, the violence and the intolerance and this very cult-like role of religion. And in the end, nobody in their community is really left unscathed by it. I'm a huge fan of Twin Peaks. And I got a real sense of that sort of creepy close community vibe from this book and I just wondered what were your inspirations for the writing of this and the sort of style of this? I think Twin Peaks is a great comparison I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan so whenever anyone says that that's the best compliment to me Um, and I think really it was it was living in Colorado that kind of 
inspired so much of this book. It is such a beautiful, majestic place. I lived in a little mm. cabin right up in the Rockies and it was, in case anyone thinks I was doing anything glamorous, I worked at a Starbucks, so it was not that great. <laughs> like, it, was, um, it was an amazing environment to be in, but it's also, it's so isolated and so cut off from the rest of the world, really, not just mm. the country. And I, there were times when I'd think, you know, I could, coyotes could break into my house and eat me and nobody would really notice. <laughs> so it was that sense of isolation coupled with this kind of hypnotic beauty of this place that that really that really like inspired me to write this book. Yeah, wow. Uh I hadn't really thought about the old uh, coyote problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's quite a weird thing to think, isn't it, when you're out there on your own? Um, and have you always been a, a crime fan? Have you always read sort of crime fiction and always wanted to write? I think I've always loved, uh, I mean, I've always been an Agatha Christie fan as a kid, that she yeah. was the best. Um, and I have always really enjoyed crime dramas on TV, but I hadn't read an awful lot of crime fiction when I started writing this. It was, I mostly was interested in writing about people and families, because I think family is the most interesting topic you can write about. Everybody has secrets, everybody, everybody adores one another and hates one another, and it's just <laughs> such a great dynamic for, for any story. But I think at the time I had just started reading um, Celeste Ng's book Everything I Never Told You and I really really loved the way that she could sort of combine this family drama with this story of this missing girl and how this girl who 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 disappears the daughter who disappears sort of is the catalyst for unearthing all of the family secrets and so it sort of started off like that I was interested in in exploring how because I think any story about missing people is a story about loving people really because you it, it's all of this love that you have and it has nowhere for it to go because this person is gone from your life and that that, that really really interested me as a concept and so that's kind of where it started and then it grew into this story about this entire community and the secrets that they are keeping. And how long did it actually take you to write? So I started writing bits and pieces of it when I was living in Colorado. Um, I have notes, like books and books full of notes that I was keeping <laughs> about the, the landscape and the way that it made me feel being there. But I didn't really take it all that seriously as a profession, I suppose, because it, it was my dream job. So it was a dream and it was seemed very distant to me. And so when it actually came to writing it, it was a couple of years later and I wrote I, about four months it took me to write the novel, which I say that I said that with such pride when the book first came out. And now that I'm writing my second novel and it's taken me two years, I feel a lot less smug about it. <laughs> Wipe that grin off I your face. <laughs> I hate her, my past self. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can never have that twice. You never have that twice. Um, and how did it feel to hear that your debut novel had been longlisted for the prize? I mean, it's it, it's wonderful. It one of my favorite novels, let alone favorite crime novels, is um, Steph Penny's *The Tenderness of Wolves*, which won the award back in two thousand and eight, I think. So 
to think that something that I wrote could be potentially held to the same standard as something that I love and admire so much is just really surreal and really lovely. Yeah. Have you been to have you been to Harrogate Festival before? Yes, I was there last year. I was on um, Val McDermid's New Blood panel. Ah, uh, oh, it's the panel, the panel, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It was amazing. And what um, what was the experience like for you going for the first time? It was the first festival that I'd ever been to, and it was, <laughs> I think it was everybody's first post-COVID festival. Yes, so, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but everybody, everybody was very merry. Oh, uh, that, that's, that. That, that just happens every year. It doesn't matter whether we're uh, coming coming back from a pandemic or not, to be honest with you. Um, it's a very merry festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what are you most looking forward to this year then when you go back? I think just being around other writers and other people in the publishing world is just, yeah. it's it's such a privilege and it's something that I really enjoy. And I think for a lot of us who who had a book come out during the pandemic, because I mean, when my when Tallbones came out in hardback, it was actually we were still in lockdown. So right. it is a bit odd to spend all of this time and effort writing and editing and promoting a book to go out into the world. And then the world is just sort of not there to receive it. <laughs> so it's yeah. I think that's hard for authors and publishers. So things like the festival and things like, you know, being recognized on this long list is such a huge win I think for me and my publishers and for for authors everywhere who had a rough time of it during the pandemic yeah really really tough I mean for for everyone involved um and and for readers as well you know to Mm. uh, from all sides of that um publishing books in the pandemic was just a strange and probably awful experience that no one really wants to go through again (laughs) but look congratulations because you've made it onto the list which is a a huge achievement Um, and remember all of our long list of books are available to buy from the brilliant waterstones and if you've already read anna's book and you know you want it to be the winner well why not head over to harrogatefeastoncrimeaward.com where you can cast your vote. You've got to do that before the 26th of May, though. Uh, Anna, absolutely lovely to meet you virtually, and I look forward to meeting you in person at Harrogate this year. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us. Thank you very much. 